The 3DS hits 5 million sales. Microsoft shows some love to indies, and Valve might be looking to get into the hardware game. All that, plus more, on today's MASHCAST. Another edition of the Mash Those Buttons Mashcast. I'm Jarrett, and I'm here with podcast host Nick Zelenkevich. Hello, everybody. Yes, and I am also here with uh, another one of our podcast hosts. You have heard him on the Versus series, uh, Mikey Kenny. Hey, what's up? Yeah, he sounds super excited to be here right now. Woo! Uh, I just thought it was because we just had like a 20-minute conversation about porn, like before we, <laughs> before we actually yeah, started recording. I'm super excited about y'all's porn collection and other things along that lines, totally. Hey, hey we weren't talking about collection, we were just talking about pictures. That's oh, all. okay, good point. Yeah, so. I might, so, I might be a little winded for this, uh, this podcast. You could have kept that one to yourself, Nick. Oh, man. <laughs> Kidding. Could have kept it to yourself. <laughs> but, um, yeah, this is MASHCAST number 41. Obviously, we are Robless. He is uh, still on vacation and couldn't phone him this time. But, uh, yeah, we're going to go ahead and get into it. Uh, why don't we start with Mikey? Mikey, what have you been playing? Oh, man. Uh, I've been playing Blaze Blue Continuum Shift Extend. Soul Calibur 5, and when I get time, SWOTOR. We've been playing some SWOTOR. Okay. And uh, how about you, Nick? What you been playing? Um, I played uh, Dear Esther, and uh, I actually played Final Fantasy twelve for the briefest amount of time the other day. Tell them why we played Final Fantasy twelve because there's a little story behind uh, that. Okay, yeah, we got into an argument the other day. Uh, I guess me about the Nick, beginning. That is me and yes, Nick. yes. Uh, no, we got into an argument about the beginning because I was arguing that it's one of the most depressing intros in in gaming history, um, and and uh, I think we were arguing about uh, I guess where exactly the beginning ended because you were saying that it ended when uh, the, the 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 prince gets hit with the arrow and then the guy takes him up on the chocobo and they run away and I was like no there's a whole sequence where you play as I thought you played as the prince I was wrong about that but then you go and and the one guy turns on you and kills you and then and and then the princess winds up dying and and technically i guess i was sort of right except you play as van's brother uh and and, and that's so the whole intro is you play through the tutorial with bosh and then of course bosh appears to turn on you and stabs you and uh and then the princess ostensibly dies and yeah that's it's just very grim but uh it's still a good game though yeah and uh what about dear esther i I, uh, I've, you know, I've been, I've, I've, I've been. I know you were going to ask me this. I knew this moment was coming, and I have no idea what to say. Um, it's, it's beautiful. I mean, there were there were points when I was playing through it where I was just literally in awe of the scenes. Um, it had a few legitimately surprising moments. Um, I really can't say too much about it 
without like ruining the whole thing. There's really two moments that really sort of there's two moments where it really sort of sort of transcended what it was. Um, and because it, it only took about 90 minutes to play through and there is no gameplay. I mean, it's you're just moving around and, and viewing the environment and walking along. Um, I, I guess it's not a set path, but fundamentally it's like all paths lead to the same spot. Uh-huh. Um, it, it, I can't really say – I don't want to be, be, be very spoilerish. I, I, I enjoyed it. I don't know if it was worth $10 for that amount of time. Um, I've, if you're more of a, a literary person, I think you'll, you'll definitely enjoy it. Um, but it's I, – I, I, I kind of – it felt a lot like a walk through a park. Um, well, it's like, how, how long did it take you to finish from start to finish? Uh, I, I was able to do it in under two hours and then included a break for a quick phone call. Um, so, you know, so yeah, mm-hmm. so I'd say roughly 90 minutes. I mean, it's, it's, and fundamentally, as I understand it, I think the terrain is randomly generated. So I think if I play again, I'll get a slightly different island and, uh, you know, and, and so a slightly different experience. So it may be worth, you know, going through there again. I still haven't quite figured out how to piece all the narrative together, but I'm not sure if given it's sort of. Uh, ephemeral nature. I'm not sure if it can be. There is a literal sort of overarching factual narrative you can put together, um, but it's 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 an experience. If you if you're kind of into artsy games, I, I'd, I'd recommend it. It's it's one of those things that like I feel like everybody who's trendy is gonna be like, oh yeah, well I played Dear Esther, um, <laughs> but it, it's. I mean, if 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 you like shooters, if you like if you if you like the games, games. Um, that then you, you'll probably just be like this. This was a waste. Okay, then here's my question: If I liked Flower, would I like Dear Esther? I think you would. I think you. Okay. Would. Okay. But didn't Flower have like gameplay aspects? Well, you basically blew the flower petals through the world and collected things, and then got to the end. But like you're saying, Dear Esther doesn't have any gameplay aspects. It's well, just, the, you just the, walk. the game. Well, first of all, I, I mean, I, I kind of went in with with very minimal knowledge. So a, a large part of the early game, and I'm, I'm using game in, in sort of quotes, was just figuring out what I was like, where even to go, because it, it it just starts you out on a dock. Well, not really. A, well, a dock more or less, and that's it. Like, there's no, you know, there's no intro. It mentions briefly something about like a shipwreck, and then you're just on a dock. And 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 when it, where I was, there was a there was a a house, and then there was like a two paths, one going kind of up a hill and one going along the shoreline. And I had to sort of you know wander around, to even figure out like what am I doing here, where am I going? And then um, it's it's an experience. It's it's all like it's an experience, and and that's really all I can say. I still don't see like to me like. Uh... And I don't know, I might catch some hate or flack for this, but that doesn't seem like a game at all to me. It just seems like a like an interactive story. You'll notice I'm not disagreeing with you. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I, uh, you know, uh, it is interactive media for sure, but I wouldn't classify that as a game. It, uh, you know, all interactive media, they're not games, and it, I don't think this is one of them. It reminded me a lot of Mist without the puzzles. Um, so if you kind of want to imagine just clicking through all the very scenic landscapes there, except it's actually in, you know, like 3D rendered, not just you're going from like, you know, beautiful picture to beautiful picture. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, if, if, but if you can kind of imagine playing through mist, you know, like, cause the, I mean, the islands in mist were also very beautiful. Um, but they, they, they had that interactive aspect and that, and, and I, I won't say that th- this was missing it to its detriment, but it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's similar, but a completely different beast. 
Yeah, I mean, well, I, I probably wouldn't play it. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna tear it down. Well, one because I didn't play it, but two because I don't think I'm the target audience because it's not a game to me. If what you're telling me is true that you're kind of wandering around, going from narrative piece to narrative piece, it's just interactive media, not really a game. Yeah, I don't know. I might wait for a Steam sale, then I might pick it up and try it and give it a whirl. Uh, I don't know. I'll probably skip it altogether. I'll, I'll just buy it again, I guess. <laughs> okay. You can you can you could like send me a copy. That'd be great. Super. Yeah, gift <laughs> gift them a copy. Be a be a bro. Yeah. yeah, but uh as for me, I actually did play games. Um <gasps> yes. No way. Uh, no way. Games. Um actually before I go on to mine, Nick, you did not play Infamous at all. Didn't continue down that path. I was too busy playing Dear Esther. Uh, but I, 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 I will, I will get back. <laughs> no, we were, you get a double dude. Like, no, exactly you like infamous. Dude. Infamous was too good. You can't not play infamous. Sorry. I, I, I'm still no. In all honesty, I really need to focus on Mass Effect Two, um, because the you know the third one is is, is breathing down our necks, and I've already uh, the, the the whole uh, the whole pre, pre accidental pre release of the DLC. I've already seen too much. I need to get to the end of this one before I can, uh, bef- be, you know, before the, the blitz overtakes me. I've, I, I'm already trying to avoid the commercials. It, it's 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 getting intense in here. <laughs> okay, I can hear it in your voice. Doesn't care about Mass Effect Three. I don't know. <laughs> well, all right. So, um, as for me though, I played Warp a bit more before I finished the review. The review is up uh, at this point, and um, I like the game overall. I think I, I think. The final score is like a 3.5. Um, I know the last like hour and a half of that game, like the tone, the tone really felt like it changed. Like there's a specific event that happens, and um, I don't know, like they for a game that's kind of like really they they animated the game well, and like uh, uh, the the overall vi- vis- uh, visuals of the game were pretty good. And they set this scene, like, they set this scene that was, like, super, like, I don't want to say super intense, but probably it was really intense. And, like, you know, they it was, like, uh, this thing where, like, this, this alien had gotten out. Or, sorry, they captured this alien, and they apparently had it for a long time. And um, the alien, they had tested it and drove the alien crazy, and the alien winded up, you know, killing a whole bunch of scientists and they couldn't, the only way to contain it was to block off this entire area of the facility. And when you get into that area, it's like they totally cut off the music. All the music's gone. The game is much darker. There's like blood and like parts all over the place. Oh, and, wow. it's, and it's like, it's like the way they set the scene was really, really cool. Even as you're fighting the boss, like because the, the alien's a boss, even as you're fighting him, it's an, it's tense because there's still no music while you're fighting him. There's no music at all. It's just like this silent ambiance of just. No, it's kind of, is it kind of like the absence of music, like there was in Limbo? Is it kind of like that? It's like that. The absence of music oh, and the the, uh, the the like the ambiance of this just the level, like the like you know like um you know you can hear the electricity coming off of the different lights as they're flaring up, or if like there's like something dripping on the ground. And then when you're fighting him, like this alien, uh, moves at like super like fast speeds. And the way you have to fight, you have to fight him is that you have to kind of stand in his path, and then warp, like switch places. Like you get this ability to swap places with different um, objects, and you swap places with explosives right before he hits you. That's how you beat him. Oh, so it's the whole 
stand here and then dodge out of the way, basically, kind of mechanic. Kind of, yeah, but I think it's like the you like literally every time he gets faster as you fight him. So, oh. and like the the like the last two, like he was like hit. I hit, I could have saw I saw his nose hairs. Like it was he was that close to me. Like when I would swap out, but nice. like that that whole like once that happened, the game itself felt like it was just much darker in general. Well, that's good. So, so yeah, it was uh, that was uh, it was pretty good. But overall, because of some of the control issues, I had to I couldn't give it like a four. I had to give it, like a three point five. Um, but other than that, I tried out Gotham City Imposters, and um, how are the bugs? <laughs> yeah, well, I played it on the Xbox, and so uh, it was. I guess the the bugs were more contained. Um, well, you know, I didn't buy anything, so I wasn't one of those people who lost like progress and stuff like that. But um, I don't know. I think it it's not a bad game, but it's unnecessary. Yeah, like, there's it's, just better games out there that do what it does better. Exactly. Like, it's not a bad game. It's just that it's unnecessary. They didn't really bring anything new to the table, you know? They really, like, or should this, I guess some of the stuff that they did... No, actually, no. No, not really. <laughs> think about it. <laughs> they, the only thing I can think that's kind of... Uh, I really don't have a game that, that's done this before is the, the hang gliding type deal that they have w- with the game. But even I was thinking about the skates, but you know, you used to be able to skate like well, ski in tribes, you know. Yeah. So, but you know, like basically, out of all the those arena, the arena shooter games that are out right now, there really was no purpose for me actually getting that. And it looks like garbage on the 360. It does like it looks horrible <laughs> on the 360. Uh, I played the me. demo on the PS3, and it didn't look all that great to me, so yeah. I just kind of passed on it. Yeah, like I don't know. Like I would, I would try it out, and your mileage may vary. You may like it, you may not. But me personally, I'm skipping it. I'd say go try the demo if you like it. I'll go for it. But if you don't, well then you're not real. I don't think you're gonna be missing out a lot. There's plenty of other combat arena shooters you can do. Yeah, pretty much. So uh, yeah, that's gonna take care of what we've been playing. Let's talk topics. Uh, our first topic is uh, Alan Wake for PC, uh, and specifically how well it did on PC. Uh, according to Remedy, Alan Wake for PC, uh, all the expenses that they, well, all the money they spent porting it to PC, they made all that money back within the first 48 hours. Which is rather, I found that rather impressive, actually. That's, that is. That's, that's rather impressive. It is rather impressive. That's very impressive. It hit number one on Steam, you know, obviously within the first 48 hours. Right. And, um, you know, according to uh, Midas, he's a CEO, uh, he says they focused, they made it a priority to create the best PC version of the game possible. They just didn't take Alan Wake from, you know, 2008. I believe it was, it was 2000. And, was it 2008? It was 2009. I think it was 2009 uh, when Alan uh, Wake yeah. came out. Because it came out the same day as Red Dead Redemption. So it's 2009. They didn't just take Alan Wake from 2009 and then plop it onto the PC. Um, I know for sure that they that they uh, updated the graphics. They definitely cleaned up the graphics, made some things brighter, you know, stuff like that. And um, it, you really have to see it in motion. Cause you know, I, I played Alan Wake. Actually, I did the review for Alan Wake when you know it first came out. Oh, you did. That's right. Yeah, and it looked fine on the 360, but now playing it on PC is like. Pfft. You know, for, <laughs> never again. 
<laughs> never again. Are yeah, you just gonna go again. sell your 3cc copy now? Uh, I, mean, I don't know. I might. I might just let it sit there for nostalgia. Actually, no, I can't because I have the two DLCs that I didn't play on the PS3. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, on PS3. Sorry, on the 360. Yeah, uh, I'm actually kind of excited that it's on Steam now because gives, this gives me a chance to actually play Alan Wake now. Like, I don't have a 360. So oh, yeah, like... I would totally recommend it. Alan Wake is a good game. It definitely got overshadowed by Red Dead Redemption. Oh yeah. But it's it's a very very good game. I I, I had a great time with it, except well, it, even the last chapter, because uh, the way it plays each each um, chapter, uh, each section of the game, I should say, is like a TV episode. Like it starts off with like an intro, mm-hmm. and then it goes off. Like each episode is about two hours. It goes off with the credits. Like something happens at the end, like a cliffhanger ending. And then it gives you the credits. And then the next episode starts, and it starts like last time on Alan Wake. And then it goes through <laughs> what happened. So it's yeah. uh yeah, like the that the I thought the way they presented it was really good. Um, and it was just a very fun game to play in general. How how many episodes are there overall then? Because I would I would think that that might be fun at first, but I mean that gets annoying when you're watching TV shows and you know everything that came before. It uh, adds, uh, I think it's about five, five chapters, maybe six. Okay, that 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 seems short enough that it won't wouldn't wear itself out. Nah, it's is a f- the has ahead. the DLC moved to Steam yet? Not a hundred percent sure. Who knows? I may like I, I I bought it, but I may not have. I may I don't know if I checked to see if it came with the DLC. Mm. Let's see. So that's what I'm curious about to see if the DLC is going to make its way over now. Now that yeah. they know the PC version is taken off so well. Yeah, like I would imagine they they might actually try to uh, not rush, but get American uh, Nightmare over quickly as well, because that just came out the other day. Even though American Nightmare, the gameplay is different than regular Alan Wake. Like I don't know, Alan Wake, like American Nightmare. I haven't played it yet, but it looks like it's a lot more action based, you know. But Alan Wake was all is like they try to make they kind of make it tense. You know, they really try to make it t- tense. Like, there are so many moments because uh, you can do these dodge moves, and if you like, are if you cut it really close, like let's say somebody is like, sh- you know, swinging an axe at you, and you dodge the right second, the camera will like will like flip around to a fixed position, and like will do like the Matrix slow motion thing, so you can see it happen. <laughs> nice. And when nice. that happens, I was like, okay, that was pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, that's pretty nice. They did a lot of good work with the camera angles. Actually, um, Alan Wake, because video games really don't scare me, except like Dead Space. Like, but I haven't played a Resident Evil in years. That's actually surprised me or, or scared me. Um, but like, you know, of course, I talk about Dead Space, and De- Dead Space definitely is like a scary game. But Alan Wake did have a moment that I don't even think they were really trying to be scary. <laughs> but it scared the shit out of me because I'm walking through the forest, of course, because I'm in Alan Wake, and there's like a big like uh, I don't know, a sequoia or whatever, or whatever to the, you know, it's a tree. It's big enough to have a hole in the middle of it for people to walk through the path. And like as I'm walking through the tree, one of the shadow guys, like a big shadow guy with like a big freaking axe, just like walks out. Like he doesn't do anything like really scary. He just like walks out and scares the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> so. Nice. Good times with Alan Wake. But, um, mm. yeah, it's just good. They're actually working on uh, a uh, Origin version or bring it to Origin as well. So, I mean, just, 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 this is one of those things that shows, you know, there are a lot of companies out there just like, oh, PC's not worth it. P- 
PC is just a bunch of pirates, and it just shows that, no, it's not. If you make a good product, we'll buy it. Well, yeah, not just that. They reduced the price, too. They made it, like, what, 30 bucks? Yeah, 30 bucks, yeah. So, I mean, so that, yeah, definitely, that definitely helped. You know, that, 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 that definitely helped. But still, you know, people bought it. They just didn't pirate it. Right. So, right price and uh, right game. But, yeah, so hopefully they do bring the DLCs if they haven't already. And uh, also, uh, you know, bring future versions of Alan Wake. But we're going to go from that success to another success. Uh, and this time we're going to be talking about Nintendo. Uh, record 5 million sales in Japan. Uh, 52 weeks, 5 million sales of the 3DS. Sorry, to be specific. Now, just to put that in perspective, the DS took 56 weeks to reach 5 million, and the Game Boy Advance took 58 weeks to reach 5 million. That blows my mind. I really didn't think the 3DS was going to take off that fast. I don't think anybody did. Well, well it, it did help that yeah. the price got slashed really early. Yeah, the the price got slashed really early, and then they released Mario games. Yeah. See, see, <laughs> see the thing is, like, I, even before they did the price, the price slashing, I thought when they release Mario Kart, when they release you know Super Mario 3D Land, that's when the system's gonna take off. But I think because of the combined price slash and the Mario games, or not just the Mario games, but the they released a lot of good titles over the holiday season. Yeah, they, the, they upped their library a lot considering the launch was so pathetic. Yeah, so, you know, the mixture of those two things is what really, I think, made it made it launch the way it did. And I just think it's just funny because how many analysts are being super quiet right now? Yeah. You know? Well, I, I think I think they're all moving on to, to taking down the PS Vita. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're, they're hitting on the Vita now, saying, oh, this is a sign that handheld gaming is going to die, blah, 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 blah. Exactly. Whatever. Meanwhile, 3DS breaking records. And it, it's, just, it's just so funny, because normally, like, you know, before this, I mean, how many, how many articles did we see, man? Like, from not just Kotaku, Joystick, uh, IGN, Destructoid, but, you know, CNN... Forbes, just just tons of websites, handheld gaming going down, you know, invest in uh, mobile gaming and blah, blah, blah. This analyst firm says this, that, and the other. And now, crickets. Yeah. <laughs> you know, about Nintendo. Like, I'll admit, I didn't think it would take off this well. Like, I thought it would still take off really well, and I didn't think handheld gaming was going to die. But I'm, I'm rather impressed that it outdid the DS and the Game Boy in how fast it sold. Yeah. Well, the thing is, technically speaking, it still is coming off of the momentum of the Nintendo DS. The, oh, Nintendo, yeah. the Nintendo DS had a very slow start. A very slow start. You know? Uh, you know, when it first came out, people were like, uh. Well, because if you remember the old DS, it looked really clunky, really old. Kind yeah. of like it, it looked, it didn't look very, and then the DS Lite came out. It was like, oh, it's they're 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 sold everywhere. And this one has a really sleek design, it doesn't look like it's a prototype or anything like that. It looks solid, it's a it's a solid machine, yeah. It is a solid machine, so yeah, it's it, it, it's like I said, it still kind of has that momentum going for like people know what a DS is mm-hmm. and, and 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 the value behind it, um, so. Yeah, go go Nintendo, just just keep going, and, and now they have the you know the new that that the N network mm-hmm. that they're doing, 
and uh, you know whatever services they bring to that, and you know especially with you know with the paid DLC now. So now you have even more developers willing to. Uh, okay, well, yeah, we'll play ball if we can do paid DLC because that was one of the things before Nintendo wouldn't do. They wouldn't do paid DLC. So I think Nintendo was adapting to the newer video game landscape. And I think it took them a little bit, but they're adapting in the Nintendo way, which is fine with me. I want Nintendo to always do what Nintendo does. You know, and that's why I think Nintendo will stick around. Even though several, like, oh, God, how many analysts were calling for them to, 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 like, you know, oh, yeah, drop hardware, go software. You know, that's where it's at. Make mobile games for the iPhone. No, please Nintendo, Yeah, Nintendo ain't going anywhere. I don't know why anyone would think they're just because just because lately they've shown a big loss. That doesn't mean like Nintendo's going anywhere, you know? And the thing is, they they, those the the loss they showed. Well, I shouldn't say the loss that they showed, but the um, the fact that they had to change their their forecast, like lower their forecast, is because they overestimated what the 3DS would do. So it was still kind of their own fault, they because they just overestimated it. If you look, there's a there's actually a chart that's linked in the uh, in the article, and if you look at that, most uh, the, the four consoles they they compare on there the GBA, the DS, the Wii, and the 3DS. Um, the, the the GBA, the the DS, and the Wii, they all kind of follow a similar. They're fa- they're fairly close early on. The 3DS is the, is the one that sticks out because early on it's way lower than those other three consoles. And I, I I almost think the reason they underestimated it is because you know based on at least those three prior consoles they expected it would be within that same range that they all hit and and for whatever reason the DS just did not it, it it's it's almost like they intentionally held everything back until that one point because the other odd thing about the chart when you look at it is that yeah it's like the DS lags behind lags behind and then all of a sudden it just shoots right up and passes everything oh yeah and and that's that's that would be right around the time of the price cut and the library release that it's 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 almost like the you know like the where it it just it just lagged for so long and then it in that last second it hit the nitro boost and just passed everybody yeah uh, they're like we're gonna stop playing around now (laughs) it's it's actually it's like in mario kart when uh, whoever's sucking gets that little sudden sudden help performance that makes them hit but you know play better at the end exactly yeah (laughs) All right, yeah. So, uh, congratulations to Nintendo on that, and we're 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 gonna see exactly how well they do, and we're you know obviously we keep an eye on the Vita as well. But, yeah. Uh, well, one thing is if Nintendo's ever hurting, what they'll do is they'll put a 3DS with that second thumbstick out finally. Yeah. <laughs> and, and another Mario game. And another Mario game. <laughs> They're okay. Yeah, but uh, now we're gonna move on to our next topic. Uh, this is actually regarding Microsoft doing something nice. For indie developers, like uh, uh, recently, it seems you know, I guess since the, I believe they announced those changes for Xbox Live Indies in the beginning of the new year, the ones where you know the developers can charge more, their games can be larger, stuff like that. Uh, so they did all that, but then with that dashboard update that happened in November, the all the indie games were like hidden. I, I had a uh, I had a uh, Andy Dev send us a press release for a game, and you know they said the best way to find the game is that you actually have to search for it now. Like you can't go through the tile system to really find it; it's not very effective. Uh, but now, with their their most recent update, which took place last week, it was a update that 
you know, took care of several performance issues and some type of color issue. I didn't I didn't notice any difference, but the thing that I did notice was that in the game sections now there is a indies tile. It's not like before it was on like it was a it was on, it was on one of those flip tiles. Like it was an advertisement and then sometimes that advertisement would flip over and it would be it would say indies. And then that's how you got to the indies section. Um but now there's actually a title that says indies and you do not have to 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 claw for it anymore. You know, it's kind of like Microsoft is extending an olive branch to developers saying, hey, don't leave us. <laughs> you know, who knows? Maybe they just want to respond to, you know, a lot of the indie devs leaving for PC and PS3. No, Ooh. I agree. It's it's a good move on Microsoft just to, you know, push the indie game thing that way because, I mean, all it can do is, like, make sales, right? I mean, and this way you're not and like you said, this is kind of maybe their extension to the hand. Like, don't don't leave us completely. Yeah, we we still care about y'all. Blah 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 blah. On the Microsoft way. Uh, I'm just. I mean, it's good that they're doing this. I really don't know how well this is going to help them in the indie field, because I don't know. If I was an indie dev, I'd be wary about going back to that platform, because Microsoft showed you know for a long time. That they really didn't care. You know, that they was like, okay, whatever. But I, th- I think it shows maybe that they've learned. Maybe, maybe, maybe they're going to be better going forward. Maybe, you know, maybe they're not going to hit you again. Maybe. I mean, it's a, it's a chance that they, that they have, that, that this is them finally wising up. But at the same time, it could just be like they're doing this to, to be, you know, to make the developers complacent. You know, if I was a developer, I as of right now, I wouldn't want to waste my resources or my time in making something for Xbox Live Indies when I could do it for Steam. Or PC, I should say. Or even PS3, because Sony is uh, much more helpful with the independent you know, developers. Yeah, Sony does some pretty good press on the PSN for the indie games. Yeah, they do. And then they'll even like sometimes like throw some stuff to the PlayStation Plus way, too. But um, I don't know. Maybe maybe Microsoft will stop shooting itself in the foot. We'll see. I don't know. Right, we'll see what they have to do. I I'm not 100% convinced. I have to see them do maybe a little bit more. Like I don't know. I I would say go as far as to to prop like a, if if a really good indie game comes up in the indie section, you know, put it on a front tile. You know, put it on a front tile for a little bit of exposure. But you know those tiles cost money now. Those are those are like ad spaces on websites. Yeah. <laughs> at this point, so I seriously doubt that that will ever happen. But you know, I I just think there there was you know the the indie community was really like getting tired and you know getting ready to head out. And Microsoft like, but wait, there's more. <laughs> <laughs> That's. There's always more, but do you really want what's more? But anyways, yeah. <laughs> if, if we know, if we know, because I think it was Tim Schafer who said it cost what forty thousand dollars to patch an, an an indie game on uh, on the Xbox. He and, did say that. I, 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 I go ahead, go ahead. No, but uh, no, if he said if he if he said that, so we know how much that costs. If you're an indie game, if you're an indie dev, and you've got a game and you've got forty thousand dollars, do you try to buy ad space on one of those tiles, or do you patch your game? <laughs> right. Ooh. Well, I don't think he meant 
indie games that go into the indie section. I think he meant like independent developers. I know once again, I have to reread the article because I kind of I kind of blazed that article and I forgot about it, which is why it's not one of the topics this week. TLDR. So, yeah, sorry, <laughs> but um, you know, I I think he means independent developers who go to XBLA. Because I, I'm pretty positive it does not cost an indie developer who's an Xbox Live Indies 40k to, to patch their game. Actually, I know this is a fact, because there are some one-man teams out there. Like I think like uh, the one that's coming to mind right now is called Alpha Squad. That needed some serious patching after it came out, and um, the dev did it, and I'm pretty positive you know, he didn't pay 40k, especially when he was only selling his game for a dollar. <laughs> you know? So, I think he meant like Indie, indie, indie developers going into Xbox Live because I know that in the first place it, that costs a nice chunk of change to get into, mm-hmm. you know, just to get on Xbox Live Arcade. That is, so I think that's what he meant. But you know, I, we can always revisit that and see that you know the topics like that really don't expire. So I don't know. Maybe we'll talk about it next week. We'll see. It depends on what happens, you know. So, but um, yeah. Moving on to our next topic, talk a little bit about Valve. And them saying that if they need to, they will sell hardware, which... That blows my mind. I don't... He's speechless. I, <laughs> it's, it's just... It's great, but it's bad at the same time. Why is it bad? Because it's, it's, it's valved, which means if they have to work on hardware, that takes time away from the software, which means I won't get Half-Life 3. But... <laughs> <laughs> Gabe, no, Gabe talked about that. He he said it's a, they they have it's a struggle. They have the the balancing act that uh, you know they, they 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 know they have to focus on the games, but uh, yeah, no, they 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 are quite aware of the fact that people like you are concerned about that. Well, it's not um, just that, that. It's uh, it's it's also the fact that they've never put out a hardware before, and that, like what what also would be the impact of that hardware and Steam. There's, there, you've got a, you're balancing hardware sales, digital uh, distribution sales, all the games you're creating. That's a lot of things for Valve to manage all on its own. Well, I, I, I think I don't, I, I, I mean, well, I, I mean, every every company that does more than one thing has a balancing issue. But I think as far, I, I think you you hit you hit the right point though, talking about like they've never put hardware out before, like he because he's talking about that they want to put it out with like like. Like, like it was a Team Fortress Two style upgrade cycle, which I don't think we've like I don't even I don't even know what that means. <laughs> like, 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 like you can increment software because I mean when it comes down to it, you can change every, every any aspect of that software. I mean you, you know to, to a bit level if you know you you can change it, but with, with hardware once it's out there, that's what somebody has. And and I mean is he maybe saying like we're going to be more willing to to throw out quicker like you know like if it's a console to come out with quicker incrementations of that console so that now all of a sudden hey you know like two years after you got your 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 valve box uh, that that now you know all of a sudden now games coming out two, just two years later aren't going to work on valve box one because well, valve box 1.2 is is there well then you got to reduce the price then because i'm already like i don't want a ps4 and i don't want an xbox whatever the heck they're going to call it i'm already like i don't want to buy another console like if they're going to do like quick increments of consoles and that price has to be low, like stupid low. If they're going to do like a two, like if you're, if, if we're talking, this is theoretical, obviously, but I'm just saying. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it would have to be, or it's, or, you know, fundamentally I think the problem is because this doesn't exist. Like, 
we don't even know how the market works. This is all it's 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 all what uh, what if Valve came out with a console that works like on live, but instead of streaming, you use Steam to buy all your games and you keep it stored on your hard drive and then in the cloud if you want to switch out all your games and stuff like that. You mean just have a computer? Oh yeah, have a computer. <laughs> with a pro- <laughs> with, 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 have a computer with like, you know, a uh, proprietary OS. Like I don't see why that, that would be an issue. Oh, that would be that would actually be pretty fucking sweet. No, oh. but no, but the, the stuff that 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 Newell starts talking about is like wearable computing and like biometric type 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 stuff and he doesn't really go into detail like what like what they're doing, he just says like they've been experimenting with that kind of stuff, and then they talk about some sort of hundred was it, I think a hundred inch screen that would I guess ostensibly be portable, but uh, but compared to like the ten inch screen on a tablet, but again like I, I, I guess it, maybe it's like a visor that you'd be wearing, like that would give you the illusion of a hundred inch screen, like it it it, it the. The, the interview is just it, the specifics just aren't there. It's all it all sounds like a lot of a lot of theory and 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 conjecture, you know, which is interesting because we can we can you know make conjecture, but but I I, I don't know how to react to this because it, the, the information that we have it doesn't it doesn't make sense with the way the world is as it is. Right. I think this is, if anything, this is like a like in the future kind of thing. Like this isn't going to be happening anytime soon. I have a feeling. Well, not necessarily. I mean, Sony has a visor out right now that I forget how many inches it's, it gives you the illusion of, but like that Sony 3d visor makes it look like you're watching something like on a really huge screen, but you're wearing a visor. But how much is it? Oh yeah. It's like 1200 bucks. See, okay. Now, (laughs) now try to sell something like that to, the number of people that own a 360 or a PS3 or something oh, like yeah. that. I that didn't say gonna, it was perfect. going to fly. <laughs> I didn't say it was going to happen <laughs> next week. Well, no, <laughs> you know but it's just, you've got to, there's so many different little things you have to think about because you also have to get this out to the market to a mass number of people so then you can uh, get the developers and the publishers behind it to no, make the games for it. No, I don't think, no, because one of the things that Gabe says is that he doesn't want to have to do like a system where there's like a mass production and then you have a large large inventory that you have to push and ostensibly hope people will make cool stuff for it. So you're just going to have a Valve box that only sells Valve games? I think it's not even that. I think it's you're going to have specific devices for specific games maybe where like, oh, hey, I've got my Portal 2 visor and arm cannon that allows me to run around and, and, you know, move my arm and hit a little thing to shoot the portal off my wrist and I see the portal appearing on the wall in front of me because I sprayed the moon dust on it earlier so that now I can actually portal from whatever room I'm in to, an, to another room somewhere. Or, I, I, I mean, again, it, 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 that that actually sounds kind of cool now that I'm thinking about it. Maybe that I'm on board with like it. That sounds like a terrible idea. <laughs> pitch that. <laughs> individual like, hard- the valve, I was with you for it. a little bit, Nick, and then you started talking about individual hardware for individual games. But they, I'm they, not about that. They yeah, sort of... Either. I mean, well, Valve doesn't do that now, but I mean, we sort of have that... You know, well, maybe you know there there have been you know those little usually they're like the cheap knockoff consoles that have like maybe two or three games preloaded in them that you you might plug into your computer, and I mean no no self respecting gamer would really use them, but they do <sighs> exist and they must exist enough that there's you know a, a market usually sad ants buying them for their nephews or something. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. There. Like you give that to like I don't know your two year old nephew. Well, maybe they can make it modernize it though to the point to where people our age might actually want that, but I don't know how they would do that. 
But no, I mean, we're moving into an age where we want less physical media. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? See, like, it, oh yeah, we are. Everyone's digital, which I I'm kind of for and then kind of against this. I have my issues with digital distribution at the same time. Is that like I think it's great, but well, yeah, it's the thing. Like we're moving. We're, like nobody. Like people are cutting down on the amount of discs and boxes and stuff like they have if they do put something out i can't imagine that it would require you to put in something physical i think it would all be digital distribution you have they put like you know one or you know two terabyte drive in there because you know for the most part storage is cheap put a one two terabyte drive in there and then you download everything that you want to play to it has mouse and keyboard support it has also has a joy joy you know a gamepad support Bam, Valve Box. And then it just has like Steam built in to where you can just do all the buying. Exactly, everything's through Steam. Steam has a built in browser. Steam has a chat see, system. Che- they could, can easily I make could, a mail system. I could see that. I could see like a Steam box or a Steam station or whatever more than I would uh, anything else coming out. Like I would see that more likely than just about anything. It feels a little too low concept for me. I, I just feel like with I, th- I feel like the reason that he didn't get into more specifics is because all the problems that we're citing, like this doesn't make sense and this wouldn't work. I think that's what they're trying to overcome. And I think the fact that there was no more information means they haven't figured that out yet either. But if if they're they're working in that direction, which ostensibly means that they they should conquer it at some point. Well, they said if we have to sell hardware, we will. There's no like. It has it. They they're not saying they are or they aren't. It's yeah. just it's, it's just a vague have. statement saying if no one's going to innovate, we will. Which that's that's all. That's pretty much what I got out of that statement. I mean, I can speculate all day long on what could happen or what couldn't happen, but I mean, only time will tell. But they're doing they're doing experiments already. Like uh, like I almost it seems like whatever threshold they feel. It has to exist for them to be like, no, we have to do this. It feels like they're right around that point. Like maybe they haven't, you know, they're at least they're at least looking into it. I mean, the fact that they're talking about like how many, how many, you know, like so, like we don't hear like EA talking about like, oh hey, you know, let's start making consoles, you know, like like you know they they copied them with Origin, but like you know it's 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 not uh, this isn't this it's it it doesn't seem like this happens often where somebody sort of jumps arenas. Yeah, I mean, but it, it is Valve, and they're they're definitely they'll do whatever the heck they want. <laughs> yeah, like they're definitely more willing to to step out of their box and you know go into the new areas. Box. Yeah, <laughs> but like before, like before then, like who was really doing digital distribution? I'm sure if I claw around somewhere, you know, yeah. I can I can I can find somebody that did it before Valve, but I, nothing really comes to mind. But, like, someone who did it really well and that made it, like, that mainstream, made it that popular, I mean, I can only think of Steam. Yeah, and uh, they, they did have their their bumps in the road. But oh, yeah. You know, but at the same exact time, you know, look, look at where they are now. You have Origin trying to, you know, jump into that market space now that it's been, you know, all shoveled out <laughs> in the space yeah. has been made and cemented, so... Uh, but we'll see. Like, so like Mike, he said, he said we will if we have to. You know, if nobody else is going to innovate, we'll do it. So I guess the ball is in the court of the hardware makers. And then you know, because I don't think they want they don't want Valve, you know, coming out here. You know, no, into I, I really console space. I would buy a Valve hardware. Oh yeah, I, I would in a heartbeat. Like it, I trust them. Like I don't know about y'all, but I really. 
I I trust very few companies nowadays, and but Valve is one. I know I can like I can put money into Valve, and I know something good's gonna come out of it. Right. What if on the on the controller the the analog buttons are are little valves? That was that's a possibility. Let's, <laughs> that's a possibility. Let's, uh, I just know I, sh- I I better not see any type of prototype before I see Half Life Two Episode Three. I, yeah. I bet if I'm gonna go livid if I see some type of prototype <laughs> before that. Uh so and I'm not the only one. But uh yeah, we're actually let's uh, move on to our next topic. Talk about Pokemon for a minute. Or uh lack thereof. <laughs> there was actually a fake Pokemon app put on or I shouldn't say fake. It was a uh, unlicensed Pokemon app put onto the Apple App Store. Or the iTunes App Store, sorry, I should say. Uh, it was created by Jonathan Milanovic. And uh, <laughs> the thing is, it's it's not even a game. It's in the game section, but it's also in the gallery section. But basically, it's just a gallery of Pokemon, of what, of, you know, of the, of the different Pokemon. They're just pictures. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he says that, you know, he says that he noted that it was just a gallery. But um, if you read the description... He does not note that this is just a gallery. He says, uh, mar- the, the description says, marking the Pokemon series' glorious debut on the App Store. Pokemon lets you verse and play as everyone's favorite Pokemon, Pikachu, around awesome lands. That doesn't sound like you're telling me it's a gallery. Yeah, no, don't. He, he's lying out of his butt. You know, I'm, I'm trying to think, like, maybe he means, like, like as you personally holding the iPod run around, you're versing and playing. <laughs> okay, but, that, like, that like, is such like, a stretch. No, He's no, gonna... Yeah, there's no, there's no logical way that that is at all factual. It's, uh, it's pretty impressive, really. If you're gonna lie, just brazenly lie and, and <laughs> can, you can make a, a fair amount of money it seems yeah you know, he's about to be sued for all that money so we'll see how <laughs> yeah people are you know they're obviously obviously upset <laughs> because they're you know uh this isn't the app do not buy blah 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 so but you know as much as this is his fault for being like you know for being a swindler and an asshole it's just it's apple's fault too for letting it onto the app store yeah. Like, don't you have rules and guidelines and like a approval process? Yes, you do. Like, let me answer that question. You do have all that. How did this make it past? How did this just get pushed through? It says Pokemon. That is a that's a large that's a very well known brand. Yeah. Everyone, anyone should really know that Pokemon is owned by Nintendo, the Pokemon company. And on top of that, like I, I would, maybe you know, I, I don't know how the approval process goes for Apple, but I would assume that they have different people or different groups of people approving different categories and different apps. You know what I'm saying? Because that's you can specialize. Like I approve games. If they don't, they should. Like you know, this group of people approve games because they can look at the they can look at the app and see if it's a game or not. You know what I'm saying? That makes sense. Yeah, but doesn't it just help Apple just the slightest bit? Like, oh, look, we've got a Nintendo game on our system. You know, for, for, for them to be go out and say, like, if they kind of just conveniently happen to be like, oh, you know what, that guy slipped through and we weren't looking. But this is actually something that, that we, you know, kind of, you know, maybe they can't officially point to it and say, like, look, you know, like, look, but, but oh, if you're just browsing, if you're just browsing through the games and you happen to see, like, oh, hey, look, there's a Pokemon game on here, you know, you know that, that, might, that might help. Like, it, it gives them a little, little cachet in a way. 
No, I think he gives them horrible press, to be honest. I think, like, the fact that they let something like that go onto the store for that many people to buy it and it stayed up that long and got, like, how much was it? $10,000 before it got pulled? Yeah. That and Apple gets is, 30% of that, by the way. Yeah, and then Apple makes money off that. That is, I think that's really yeah. bad press, if anything. Yeah, but, but really only the first few people got hurt because after that they should have seen the comments from all the people <laughs> that, that realized it was terrible. Like, and how, much was the app, how much was the app selling for? Like, was it a dollar, right? No, a dollar? Sorry, was it? Five dollars, five dollars. Five dollars? Okay, $5. so 10000 divided by five, that's how many people got hosed. I'd, I'd take those odds. <laughs> yeah he, he can at least afford a lawyer with that <laughs> yeah I mean, he made it actually i don't know i wonder if apple paid him out or not um but apple got their money because there's no refunds you know oh, yeah that, those people got sol'd yeah exactly it's like, or that's i guess which the, is another bad press because i mean the fact that they let a, a like that on there and then isn't willing to refund the money that they got for that. That's ridiculous. It, utterly, utterly ridiculous. It's $5. Is anybody really going to be upset about that's, that? Yes. That's five dollars <laughs> apps that I don't exactly. have. Exactly. It's $5 that, you know, you spent and you didn't need to. That's half of Dear Esther. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, and you know what? I bet you that actually is more of a game. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying, gallery. Like, and plus yeah. all the indie games that you can buy for like less than five dollars that you just wasted on that, like, uh, uh-uh. uh. At like, least Dear Esther was a game, you know, it was interactive. I, I got to play in verse on the 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 island. Uh, at least you know this is just a gallery. You know, like you flip through the pictures and that's it. So yeah, but um. That's five big chickens. But, you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe this is just I'm out of the loop on this. Um, but I, I, I thought Apple actually had a fairly stringent policy because I, I, I seem to recall hearing a lot of stuff like, oh, like, you know, I have a legitimate app that I'm trying to sell. And for whatever reason, Apple's denying it. Like, I, I thought I heard more stories of Apple being overly tight than overly loose. Right. And then this happens. So what does that what does that show you? Like they're so tight on certain things, but they could let something like this get through. That's kind of that's kind of dumb. Well, I mean, everybody makes mistakes, but yeah, that's a yeah. So it's, 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 I don't know. This it, it's, it, it's bad. The, that's all it is. It's yeah. bad. Yeah. Everyone lost. Everyone lost in this. If Apple can't do this, I predict the death of uh, of handheld gaming. <laughs> <laughs> well, this actually ties into our next topic, which. Uh, is regarding the the long term viability of the App Store. Um, there, oh, you were gonna say something, Mike? No, I uh, keep going because oh. I'm gonna say something about this topic. But... Oh, you want to say something about the topic? Okay. Uh, and so uh, there was a uh, a question time event at BAFTA, um, regarding you know well this question in general, and there were a couple of I guess experts on the panel. Uh, I shouldn't say I guess, but they were definitely experts. Uh, Yuki Head, uh, Joe Twist, Jagex uh, Head, oh, his, the CEO, uh, Mark Gerhard, or Gerhard, uh, Frontier Development, uh, what's his name, David Barbin, and the Rebellion CEO, Jason Kingsley. Um, now, I, I know a lot of people know who Rebellion are. 
and possibly Frontier Developments, but if you, you don't know Jagex, uh, they actually have had quite a few successes, or apps that you would call successful, on the App Store. Uh, and, you know, they were discussing, you know, how, you know, can, can the App Store make it, can it not make it, um, you know, how much money is actually there for certain, you know, not certain people, but how much money is actually there in the App Store, and can it be, you know, a great launch platform for a lot of developers. Um, now, according to Jason Kingsley, the pressure for high-quality products is uh, high, or it's 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 greater than ever, is actually what he said. Especially um, if it's Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> so it's greater than ever, that, that pressure. Um, but the good thing about the mobile platform is that you can... Even with that pressure, you can execute differently on mobile than you can on console. And uh, I'll, I'll read a quote from him. He says, instead of making 20 hours worth of gameplay, you can make an hour's worth of gameplay and see how people react. And he said, you, know, you, just, you see what people do with it, and then you get the feedback, and I guess after that you can continue. So I, I can understand like, that's probably a lot <laughs> significantly cheaper than you know a 20-hour game, which would be a full game. You know, like Assassin's Creed 2 was like 20 hours long. If you did a whole bunch of stuff, actually, it's longer than that. If you did everything, yeah. So instead of spending all that development time to make 20 hours worth of gameplay, you can make one hours of the gameplay, see what people like, and then add additional content to your game. So you know, it, that's that's a good thing about it. But at the same time, Mark Gearhart is saying that there just isn't enough money there. This is right now the only people winning are Apple and the consumers, and I think it's in terms of the you know App Store. He's talking specific. Well, I know it's in regards to the App Store. He's uh, he's speaking specifically, uh, but he's he also mentioned you know any closed system, XBLA, PSN, PS Vita, App Store, all that stuff. They take too big of a chunk, you know, from you. So they're making out. The consumers are making out because they're typically getting stuff cheap, which, in my opinion, that's the app developers' fault mm-hmm. on their own because they're the ones who started pushing the dollar apps, you know. But that's a conversation for another day. But um, Gerhard said, uh, Gerhard, sorry, he said that Jagex—they've had four number one games on the App Store, but none of them made more than three to four thousand euros in profit a month. And the amount of resources, or sorry, the amount of revenue you get versus the resources you need to, I guess, remain, you know, create and maintain the games, it's not really worth it. You know, and that that apparently dims the brakes, <laughs> you know, when it comes to app development. But that whole that whole profit thing to me, uh, I think that a lot of app developers shot themselves in the foot, like they. They they came in really low to begin with, and the only place to go was down. And now a lot yeah. of them are just free to play with microtransactions, which apparently is working well for some people. I'm about to say microtransactions actually. I figure they make a lot, like maybe not a good amount, but I figure they make a lot more off that than they do with their dollar apps. Yeah, yeah. So uh, they that's uh, that is one thing I will note. They really don't talk about microtransactions here. Yeah, which is another thing. Like I I think. I don't think this is going to be the death of app stores at all. Like, I think like how this guy's saying this is the death of app stores is like how everyone else is saying the death of handheld gaming or whatever. Like, it's just, uh, it's not going anywhere. 
everyone's got like a phone with easy access to all these apps. App development doesn't seem to be slowing down at all. I'm just, it, I don't think it's going to go anywhere. If anything, it's going it, to, if it goes anywhere, if it does fade out, it's going to be a couple, it's going to be like way, a, later on down the line. Like not anytime soon. Go ahead, Nick. No, if it's if it's going to die, what's going to replace it? Because right now we've got a model where, especially for the iPhone and the iPad, that these devices are getting replaced every every what like you know almost on a yearly basis, if not even quicker than that. I mean, you know how how I mean how how recently was the iPhone four out, and how soon until we get the iPhone five? It's it's it almost seems like like the apps the app store goes hand in hand with that. You need to if you're replacing the device constantly, you need to replace all the software you use on that on a regular basis. It, 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 I don't. I, I can see questioning the the, the long term viability, but it's it, 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 we're going to need some means of of getting these apps. I don't. Uh, I, I don't. I don't see what he thinks is going to going to sort of do the, be the death knell. Um, I don't. First of all, I, I, the app store is not going to die. <laughs> it's just the, the same way they're saying the app store is going to die because of this. Actually, no. I'm sorry. The reason they think the app store is going to die, let's let's just, let's just clarify this right now, is because since there's not enough revenue there, it's going to push developers elsewhere. But that's developers of quality games. Let's be clear about that. They really don't say that, but I can only assume that that's what he means. But if he doesn't, he should. Because, I mean, people are. it's apparently easy enough to develop for the app store. And the App Store is a great play, a great way to get your game into people's hands. Okay, uh, actually, he does mention that that you know, because he he goes in to talk about how great of a of a platform browsers will be within the next twelve to twenty four months with the new technology that's coming out. You know, you'll be able to make fully immersive three D games, and you'll also be able to update it more frequently. He says they you know they could do updates hourly if they wanted to based off of data that they get when it comes to you know the open web but the problem with the open web is that uh, you may not necessarily be able to get the the product into the hands of the people that, that want it so when he says that he you know the apps was going to die he thinks it's going to die because quality developers are going to you know leave because they're not making money but the thing is what's going to happen is if <laughs> if nobody's making money, a lot of developers are going to leave, and then there's going to be just enough developers that can actually make money there. You know, mm-hmm. on top of that, I'm sorry, but the average person's not concerned with a quality app. Like they'll take a quality app over a non-quality app, but they'll take a crappy app. They'll yeah, take crappy free. games. Exactly. They'll they'll do all of that. How yeah? How how many apps do 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 you have where you've got the uh, like the ad banner you know flashing at you the whole time while you're while you're using it? It's uh, oh, I do just because it's free versus yeah, but, expensive yeah, but version. The, yeah, but and but that's that's a, a a loss of quality that you know you're, you're that you have to have to you know put up with that while you're using that. So I mean that's not surprising at all that that uh, I mean yeah there's 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 definitely a balance uh, sort of you know at a, a breaking point where that that all sort of comes to a head, um, but. 
no, the one the one the one thing that I do like that he talked about was the uh, the whole concept of you put the game out for an hour, you just release an hour of gameplay instead of spending all your time developing that twenty hours, and then not only do you get to see who's actually interested in that game and who you know like how many people were interested in that game, but then you can also get feedback from them. And so fundamentally, you find out your audience, and then you're able to sort of tailor your game tailor your game to that audience. And so at the end of the day, you still get a twenty dollar game, and theoretically, it should sell better because now you you you've you've sort of studied your market in that early demo. So not only do the, like do people get to learn about people get to learn about your game, but you get to learn about them. And it, it's I, I I do I, I do appreciate the idea of that sort of two way collaborative street that he's talking about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the the app store definitely has its advantages. Um, as well as his disadvantages for developers. I mean, I, he, he says the the app store bubble or the mobile bubble and even the social bubble is going to burst. And I, I do no. believe that. You don't think so? Not not soon. It, I mean, maybe like social bubble is, I still think it's huge. Like we have people that lose jobs for socials social uh, because of these social places. So, I mean, if that says for anything of how big, the social uh, social websites have on uh on today's society like those, i don't those people are idiots <laughs> you lose your job over playing fucking farmville no you they lost their job because like you've you've you, you've seen the articles where people have lost their jobs because they posted something on facebook oh well yeah we're talking about like so social bubble in terms of gaming. Oh, I thought you were talking about like There's social th- bubble as a sense of like. Uh, yeah, that's, I thought you were talking about somebody playing Farmville losing their job because you know they couldn't wait to get home to trade sheep or whatever the. Oh, see, I thought you were just talking about like game. the actual social, co- the like you know Twitter, Facebook, Google Plus, no, all that. No, sh- no. Okay, because I thought that's what we were talking about. I was like, that ain't going anywhere anytime soon. Oh yeah, that's not going anywhere. But like he's talking about like you know in terms of gaming, that bubble bursting. And I believe, mm-hmm. I, I think it is personally. I think it, that bubble will burst, um, and it'll level out. You know, like there are going to be certain companies that do very well, like Zenga, and there's going to be companies that don't do as well, and then they move on. I think if they innovate the social market that they have right now, like if they come out with something that just blows people away, like it's not going to go anywhere. But if it stays at the constant state that it's at right now, then I could see it popping. Yeah, so uh, only time will tell. We'll see, but uh, yeah, that's <laughs> not everybody has a. You uh, know, those guys—they're not just anybody. They're mobile developers. You know, they're mobile developers, and they don't have the greatest outlook on mobile games right now. So, well, of course, we'll see how that goes, and we're gonna keep an eye on it as always. But our last topic uh, is actually talking about the PS Vita launch uh, in. Uh, in Europe, specifically in the UK, mm-hmm. and kind of how not not if it did well or if it didn't do well, but how it's kind of a sign of the times. You guys got a chance to read that article, correct? Because I, yeah. I, I found it very interesting. Because um, when I first read it, I thought it was going to be about uh, it's a sign of the times. Nobody wants mobile games. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or a sign of the times. People still want mobile games. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't like that at all. It was actually about the re- about retail. I think it it was uh kind of casting doom on the retail store mm-hmm. because uh, in the article, what happens is, you know, uh, the lines weren't that long to get a PS a PS Vita. You know, I think they said was it a hundred people, a uh, hundred uh, people. 
Uh, which time around 100 people will have braved the cold for launch. Yeah, review, I go with 100 people. For many of the 20 odd people queuing early, it feels like a disappointing turnout. Like in the end, it was 100, but there was like 20 people that were like really early. Yeah, I, I got the impression that he talked to like everybody that was there in the, over the course of the article. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he talked to a lot of people. You know, but like it still is like only 100 people showed up. But it wasn't because of non interest in the mm-hmm. product. Even the store owner says that people can get it from Amazon and get it delivered to their homes for cheaper and or safer. Next, yeah, just get next day shipping and it can be right there. Exactly. If you have Amazon Prime, it, you know, it, it's going to be there on the, on, uh, on that release date. On that like, release oh, date if you pre-order it. Sometimes I like ordered something online and I got it like the day before the release one time. I was like, oh, sweet. Yeah, it's you real. Know? It's real nice, and things you don't have to do anything like that. I'm addicted to Amazon. Sometimes, like I check Amazon daily, man. <laughs> nice. Just, and I buy stuff that like I would never normally never buy. Another, <laughs> yeah, that's the trap. I, I think another sign of the times they were also. I think they mentioned that uh, gigabyte cards were stupid expensive. Yeah, I think. And if we go back to the old PSP, I don't know if anyone remembers this or not, but the old PSP memory cards when they first came out, holy crap. They were high, and they were like megabyte sticks. Yeah. They were those, uh, uh, so it was like 32 gigs for 100 bucks, I think, is one of the cards. Mm, 100, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It would, no, 100, 100 pounds because they are in, uh, they are in yeah. London, right? Well, I was it looking was, at the, the, the prices for us here. Oh, is it 30? Is it really $100 like for a 32 gig. gigabyte stick? For a 32 gigabyte stick, yeah, it's really, um, that's stupid. <laughs> really, really expensive. It's really, really small too. But, but that, it's really, that's, really. Expensive. T- that's exactly what happened with the PSP when it first launched. Yeah, but you know, but still, you know, the the article itself does definitely talk about, um, you know, the retail. You know, it's more like I said, it was more of a sad story for a retail store than bad news bears for the PSP. Uh, one person that was there, Michael Cruz. He says that, you know, a few of his friends, you know, they said they were going to hold out for the, you know, uh, the iPad, like the iPad 3 as opposed to getting a PS Vita. Mm-hmm. And um, I, that, I guess you can look at that as saying, like, look, oh, look, see, people are, they don't want to get a PS Vita, they want to get an iPad. But in my opinion, those people who said that don't necessarily want to game portably. No, they should just get, they well, should just get like a Kindle Fire, and they could still afford the uh, <laughs> still afford the PS Vita. Well, like I think what they're trying to show is like in in the, not like for the normal like the gamer they're gonna get a Vita, but for the normal consumer or whatever, or even the parents buying like a handheld device, like a lot of these people don't have the money to be buying all these things. Like, could you imagine how yeah. much money you have to sink into getting a 3DS, a Vita? The latest iPhone, the latest iPad, and and they have to make sacrifices. And the I hate to say this, but the easiest thing for people to sacrifice is handheld gaming. I would think the easiest thing with a sacrifice would be the iPad because that's the thing that no. costs the most. Yes. No, because, <laughs> well, it costs the most, but like think of it this way: that thing can do like. Everything that your laptop can, and you've got a you've, presumably in this scenario, but you've also got a, you've got a, you've got a cell phone your that does all that. Can. It can't do it. It can do everything your cell phone can. It cannot yeah. do everything your laptop can, unless yeah, you between, well between the between the two of the devices together. Well, it, plus it, that, it, then then you don't also worry about buying games either, except for the iPad store. 
I mean, the App Store, which yeah, we've already discussed. Store is like, dying. <laughs> yeah, about that store dying. Uh, no, but uh, that's what I'm getting at. Like, then, like, okay, so we say the Vita's cheaper, but then think about buying the games for the Vita. We just talked about the memory card price for the Vita. And with the iPad, it's there. You just buy stuff from the App and, Store. And, and the games for the Vita are beautiful, and they are better. And, that's and so great. Your, that's money super, is, your money is well spent. That's super awesome. But to the normal consumer, they're thinking, oh, well, this thing can do email. This thing can type my stuff. This thing can blah, 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 blah. list goes can, on. They're, can, thinking, uh, they're, they're thinking the Vita, oh, it's just a the, place. But the, to, but to the Vita can all that, do all that, too. It does it very crappy, but it can do all that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's my point. Is like it's just easier to cut out the Vita than it is a device like that. I th- I think uh, from a non-gamer standpoint. That's you're no you're 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 right you're right. But I think that it's I think fundamentally the problem is that there's not enough money for all these devices. It doesn't matter what, what, what you know. Ultimately, whichever one's che- cheaper fundamentally depends whether you're a gamer or not. Uh, because I think if you're a, if you're a gamer, you're you're. you're there's nothing. There's like nothing wrong with the Vita. Is anybody, you know, outside of maybe the price of the memory cards that we were just complaining about? Like, has anybody found anything to legitimately say, like, wow, that was a really poor, you know, decision gaming wise? Um, you know, it, it's it's tend, you know, everything I've seen to be it tends to revere it as almost sort of like the perfect handheld device, as it were. Um, and and if if you're in love with that, then that's you're not cutting that but conversely if yeah if you do you know for, for you know if you're not really into that and yeah you do need a 10 inch device that'll you know let you browse facebook at your will and, but now think about this how many times have we seen like okay recently have we seen like the ds come out or the psp come out and then like maybe a year half a year later uh a better updated version comes out i mean how many different versions of the psp did we have yeah, but I don't know if each, any 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 of them were necessarily better than the one that came before. Well, they each had different features. They slimmed the model size down on a lot of them, and so on and so on and so on. Yeah, and then and you're going to be waiting for the next iPad or the next iPhone too. I mean, that's well, that's, I'm that's just the saying, nature of the, but, that's the, nature of the, just, the industry. Where well, I'm just saying that's like why jump at this first run? Not only that, like, but not wait for the next run that you know is going to be, you know. Yeah. No, fix all that, the issues that's yeah that no that's a legitimate strategy regardless but I, I but the people that are doing that they're not the people who would have been at the, the the psp launch that aren't there now because they're either buying it off amazon or um or, or you know they're they've, they've they're foregoing it for an ipad i mean it's it's uh, well who says i don't want an ipad 3 because this is the third edition of the ipad and i just want to wait for the vita 2.0 or whatever mm. I mean, that's that's your prerogative, I guess. I don't well, know. I'm just throwing. I'm not saying this is what I'm doing. I'm just speaking <laughs> theoretically. What possibly could be going on in somebody's head? No, I, uh, I, no, I, I, I guess I, I agree. I think uh, I don't know. I think there's too many. There's too many reasons for somebody not to buy one device over another. It's hard to sort of. Pigeon. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really just up to them whether they want another one or what. It really boils down to what they really want their device to do and for so many devices out there you just unless you're making like ridiculous money you just have to cut something and i just think people find it easier to cut out the handheld gaming market like the vita and the ds than it is to cut out something that they might see as useful for them like i don't know the ipad might be useful for a lot more people than but but fundamentally but that's 
fundamentally the argument about why people are always calling for the death of handheld gaming is because the, the people the, the, it's, it's easy to sort of look at it just on a usefulness basis and say well this device does a lot of things that I I, I need be it that you need email or you need you know you, you know to, to check the weather or Facebook or whatnot whereas this device only plays games and and I, I think empirically it's sort of easy to say take the utilitarian device but we know that there's I mean, there's still- no. There's a market. There's a market. I'm not gonna say that's gonna die. I'm just saying it's not gonna have as many sales. Like before the iPad, like they bought people bought their kids Game Boys all the time, but now they're buying their kids iPads. <laughs> no, that, that's that's a good point. That's a good point. It's a sad point, but a good point. Yeah, like yeah. I saw a ten year old with an iPad. I'm like, I don't even have one of those. What the heck? <laughs> but that's the. I mean, that ten year old probably also has uh, a DS. A 3ds yeah. probably. Probably. I, I seriously doubt that that kid has the iPad and is satisfied. And if he is, he's not a gamer, so he should get off my lawn. There's a commercial. There's a commercial. I forget which service it's for, and I'm glad I do because I hate this commercial. But it's the one where they say like they've got all the little apps, the iPad apps floating in the sky, and they're like, "Why would you want to restrict the iPad?" And then they show a kid playing on the iPad, and I'm like, "Because you've got kids playing on it. That's why you need to restrict it." And they're like, "No, no, we're, we didn't restrict it." I'm like, "You you should have restricted it. That's terrible." Parentcast. Yeah. So I mean. Yes, there, like, there is a, a limit to money, and I think that's a, that's a big uh, deal. And that, that's so, a problem with the world overall, really. Yeah. <laughs> that is a problem with the world. We should all just get what we want all the time. Yeah, it's all be free, <laughs> then we wouldn't have to worry about it. No, but um, yeah, I mean, I don't think anything here says anything negative for the Vita. No, it's uh, it's a good piece of hardware. I'm not I'm not saying it isn't. I'm just saying like some people would would prefer to get an iPad over it, and that's fine. Actually, I can understand that because the thing is, the Vita's target audience is not uh-uh. everybody. No, and it's... I love the fact that Sony made so that made it made it it's make is making it pretty well known that the target audience is not everybody. They want people who play video games. They they're still going for the core gamer. You know, if you're yeah. a gamer, you'll get one. You know, I think... I... No, no go, go ahead. Okay, no, the, the thing that I think is saddest about this is, is, is with respect to that core gamer market, that it, this was such a small event because, like, usually you hear about these midnight launches and they're, they're like parties. They're, they're, it's all, all these people, they're, you know, they're, they're gathered together in a small store. They're all hardcore and they're all obsessed about the product. And this felt more like a, a gathering, like not really – like it didn't have the same like sort of intensity that you would expect, especially from a console launch. I think that that's – it's like the, the – you know, even if even if the, the, the sales numbers are the same and everybody's just migrating to Amazon, just that loss of community that you get at one of these launch events, I think that's that's the sad thing about this. Yeah. No, I agree. The, the, uh, the popularity of midnight launches is kind of going down. It's just – I mean – it's just how it is. I mean, especially. I, don't know. I like, think it's actually. Oh, midnight launches. You mean for normal people? I thought. Yeah. First, I'm sorry. For some reason, I thought you were talking about launch parties. Forgive me. Continue. <laughs> oh no, launch parties are fun. What are you crazy? But like midnight launches, like for things like this, like probably they're kind of going down from what I can tell. But I mean, I this. But this is no knock to the Vita at all. I just want to get that clear right now. The Vita is a. A really interesting piece of hardware that I hope grows and doesn't fade away at all. 
I hope yeah. it keeps growing and I hope it does amazing because it 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 it's just a good piece of handheld hardware. And honestly, for two hundred fifty dollars, I would if I had the money, I'd buy one. <laughs> so yeah. You're up for that iPad, aren't you? No, well, I'm just broke. <laughs> Jobless. It sucks. <laughs> I was actually going to pick up a Vita this week, but then uh, the only reason I do not have one is because I, you know, I was paying a credit card bill, and I looked at how many points I had accumulated. And the thing is, I always forget that I accumulate points in my credit card, so I, I typically never will take it off, you know, or, or or cash them out. And then I looked at it, I did a little calculation, and I could buy like when I get my points. I'm going to, or I might get my gift cards for my points. I'm going to get the 3G Vita, probably like three games, uh, a case, and Jack and Daxter collection Dude, <laughs> for PS3. Share. Dude, chair. Uh, I'm <laughs> sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. You weren't putting gas in my tank for me to get those points, okay? So mm, that's, that, that's how it's, it's going to work. Sorry, people. Oh, darn it. Oh, well. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that's. Uh, that's gonna that's, that's gonna wrap us up on topics today. What's uh what's coming out next week? The only thing I think that's uh, of note that's that's notable that's coming out next week is uh, SSX. You know, I was actually really interested in this game because I love Tricky. Tricky right. was like my favorite. Like I I played the crap out of SSX Tricky, and I've been hoping for a good SSX game ever since, and I've been let down. But this one finally looks like it kind of looks interesting. But I'll, I'll have to wait and see. Well, you know the demo's out. Yeah, I have the demo. I have to play it. I just downloaded it last night. I haven't had a chance to play it yet. Yeah, I, uh, I'll probably, while I'm editing this, I'll probably download it and play it if I get a chance. So, I don't know. We'll see. But that's the only thing I, I really see that's coming out next week that's notable. Of course, PSP came out this week with all the good games and all. Yeah, so, Uncharted, Golden Abyss, and all that. Yeah, all that good stuff. But uh, yeah, you can. Uh, that's gonna end the show for us. You can check us out on SoundCloud, which you probably listen to it right now because most of you do. So SoundCloud.com/slash mash those buttons. Uh, you can also catch the podcast on iTunes. If you listen weekly, you might as well just subscribe to iTunes because it'll be right in your, uh, you know, iTunes. Hopefully in the morning. You know, maybe it's sometimes a little later, depending on how the editing goes that night. You know. But uh, just, just make just make sure to subscribe to us and not a Pokemon app. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, yeah. Avoid, was... avoid the fake mash those buttons podcast. Don't don't fall for that fake one. That's out there. You can converse and play with us. <laughs> there is another podcast called Mashcast on iTunes, but it has like some what's that? Like some uh, what's the name of that guy who used to do like the dancing with the oldies? Richard uh... Simmons. Yeah, there you go. It has some Richard oh, Simmons looking dude with a wolf. On has the cover, <laughs> dude. I hate to say it, I think they're the better mash cast. <laughs> Just because of that, we lose. Uh, Richard Simmons with a wolf, yeah. But um, it hasn't been updated in ages, but it's it's there. Well, because so. how do you top Richard Simmons with a wolf? <laughs> Richard Simmons with two wolves, dude. That's if that, you, 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 wow. You just blew my mind. Yeah, he, yeah. You just took him back there. Yeah. So. Yeah, watch out for that one. But we 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 have the real mash guest here. If you want no confusion, you can go to Stitcher Radio. We are broadcast on Stitcher Radio, so if you have that app, you can you know you can just search for us there and check us out and listen to us. And you can stream that instantly, and you can do it from your iPad, iPhone, Android device, whatever. 
So Stitcher Radio, definitely check that out if you get a chance. Uh, but other than that, we're on Twitter, which is twitter.com slash MTB site and uh, twitter.com, sorry, and um, facebook.com slash smash those buttons. And uh, we actually, we will be updating those more frequently, so definitely check us out there. If you like our content, if you like the MASHcast, drop us a note, leave us a comment. We take all major forms of commenting. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we appreciate it. So do, do, do we give out points? We do not give out points. That's probably no. why we don't get comments. Although <laughs> we, did get, we did get a comment last week. I think I saw Sage Infinite commented. He did, actually. He did comment. He, uh, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we like feedback, so we know what we can do to improve for y'all guys. This is why we do it. We only do one, well, maybe two hours of the MASHcast, but we're waiting for more feedback so we can give you the good 20-hour <laughs> So uh, That's the scary you, one. You can have fun with that 20-hour one. <laughs> yeah, the porn conversation will be inside that MASHcast. Oh, God. Yeah, so. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we're going to – we're gonna. Uh, wrap up on that one so always as always thanks for listening uh rob should be back next week hopefully and uh yeah we will catch you guys then have a good one have a good weekend and go win the west <laughs> take care <laughs> we gotta stop with these inside jokes i can't always explain everything man. <laughs> <laughs> i'm leaving it alone <laughs> have a good one folks uh, they gotta listen to the porn podcast to figure it out. <laughs> Y'all are terrible. Uh, <laughs> later. Bye. Bye.